Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. City News. It's 17.30 GMT. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. I am Umaru Sandamadu here tonight with... Eno Safo. And coming up over the next 90 minutes. We are not happy. Why? Because where the confusion started from, they didn't start from that place. Me, I will advise them to get it because it's better. After years of disagreements, residents of Kroboland finally agreed to the installation of ECG prepaid meters. But this happened under the watchful eyes of fully armed soldiers. We'll go to Somanya tonight. Also coming up, Ashanti Regional Security Council commences investigations into the Islamic senior high school shooting incident. Meanwhile, the IGP has removed the acting regional police commander among a raft of other interventions. And later on Eyewitness News... The response by the Bosumi Freho Chief District Chief Executive Yao Danso, who is currently under fire. Assembly members want to remove him as in impeach him over what they describe as his absence from the administration of the district. His response is that he's dead. Stay with 97.3 CTF for more on this and many other stories on eyewitness news and in business. President Akufado assures there will be no government interference in the operations of the newly launched development bank Ghana. That's in 50 minutes with Netili Neti of the City Business Desk. Eyewitness News is live across the country on a number of affiliate stations. It doesn't matter where you are in the country, you can listen to Eyewitness News. If you are in the Upper West region, for instance, we are on Tumpani Radio 88.5 in Nadoli. If you are in the Upper East region, we are on Rikas 92.1 in Bongo Namo. In the Northern region, we are on North Star 92.1 in Tamale. If you are in the Northeast region, we are live on Nobia FM 98.1 in Nalirugu. If you are headed for the Western region, please tune to Beach 105.5 FM in Takradi, where you can listen to Eyewitness News. In the Ashanti region, where we have been since yesterday, we live on Focus 94.3 on the campus of KNUST as well as Orange 107.9 FM in Kumasi. In the Volta region, tune to Eyewitness News via Sela Radio 97.1 FM in Dabala as well as Holy FM 98.5 in the southern part in Afplau. Do join us with your message on WhatsApp and Telegram 0549-986-996. Send tweets and uh, we would also listen to your views on this particular subject. My name is Umaru Sandamado. This is Eyewitness News broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. And I'm here with Enu Safu who brings us a first story. 
the Menyakobo Divisional Chiefs in the Eastern Region are calling on the President, Noneku Fuadu, to intervene in the ongoing deployment of prepaid meters to the Krobo area. The petition addressed to the President was signed by Nene Vidyakoba Muala, the third of Dom Division, and other traditional areas. Citing various reasons in the petition to back their stand, the chiefs accused the ECG of failing to address various outstanding issues in its billing system, which has resulted in the five-year standoff with its Koro customers. Nene Olepemesa Kinonano I is the chief of Suisi Okwenya and public relations officer of Manya Krobo Divisional Chiefs. For the ECG and the two MCEs to collaborate with the national security to enforce the prepaid to be installed. We are pleading to the president that this petition to move him, step out, to intervene for peace to prevail on the Kobo land. We want the two MCEs to quickly stop ECG on this installation. For them to calm down the citizens so that at the end of the day, even if prepaid will be given to us, it should be in the peaceful way and not force like this. We are That's Nene Olepeme Sakino Nano, the first who is the chief of Suisi Okwenya and also speaks for the Manya Krobo Divisional Chiefs. He actually joins us on the line now. Let's speak to him. Nene, you're welcome to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are live in your jurisdiction on Right FM in Sumanya. And we are grateful that you are speaking to us tonight. Um, first of all, did you know of the exercise that was to be undertaken in your jurisdiction today? Yeah, thank you very much. And greeting to your listeners too. Um, it, I, can, I will say that um, it's just last week that I accompanied UKF, which is United Kobo Foundation to National Security, there that I got to know that prepaid will be given to us in Kobo Lounge. In fact, through discussions, um, I even told uh, one who tried uh, the meeting that they should give me um, two weeks because there, there, there are traditional authorities. And UKF are subjects of the traditional authorities. In fact, um, they disagree with me for the two weeks, and they say one week. And the one week also, it's, it's like they, they already take a decision that they will install the prepaid. So we shouldn't come back and say no. And I am the only traditional leader that went there. And I even don't know what is going on the ground. So I told them I'll go back and see the other chiefs. And there I got to know that the prepaid will be given to us. All right. Now, again, remind people why we got here. And the story is that the people of Kroboland say that they will not pay for electricity. Now that the ECG is coming to install prepaid meters, it means you're going to start paying from tonight after the installation is done. How difficult is that, that you pay for what you use? Um, well, the Krobos are not saying they will not pay electricity bills. 
You see, there is issue on the ground, which is like the UCG uh, are trying to uh, to cover something. And you see, um, the authorities have to listen to the citizens of the Krobo land too, because there is over there, which started this thing. You know, and this issue is where we drag that, no, the bill that you are giving to us, that is not the correct bill. So we want the correct bill to be paid because we are paying the bill since the dam have done. Since they, they create the dam, we, the Krubos, are paying bill. Till 2014, we see that they are robbing us. So, if, so they should give us the correct bill so that we will pay. And because of they don't want to give us the correct bill, they already robbed us. And they are covering the money that they have took from us. They don't want to account it. And that is why they are opposing this prepaid on us. That is what we see. Are you saying yeah. that they are going to make you pay more than what you are going to spend? That, that, or? Is, that is what they did. That is what is going on before we get to know. Instead of maybe instead of giving you 200 Ghana cities, they will give you uh, uh, 22,000. So, so they plan to put, they, they plan to slap your old debts on the new prepaid meters. Yeah, so that is what we see because we are not technical men. So these debts that they don't want to clear it from the system, we are not technical men. They are trying it too. Yeah, flash it on the prepaid. Okay, and but why don't you have the prepaid installed and monitor your consumption so that you can make a determination at the end of the month? If they bring you a thousand CDs as a bill and you know that you only have a single fan and a bulb in your room, then you can say what you are saying now. But for you to reject outright the installation of the prepaid, that's problematic, isn't it? We are, we, we, we are paying the postpaid and we are not saying that we will not use the postpaid. The fault from the UCG and they must correct themselves so that we continue with the postpaid. You know, by giving us prepaid, we are not aware. Even if it is in the pipeline, we should be educated. Nothing has done. And uh, you, uh, UKF, United Krobo Foundation, they are not the leaders of the Krobo land. We have traditional authorities. We have divisional chiefs. And we have other chiefs. So by dealing with UKF and saying that UKS agree, so they, will, they are giving us, UKS as the members are subject of some chiefs. What, what, what should have been the way forward for you, um, aside what was happening today? So the installation that was done, and we are told that a lot of your, your subjects have agreed for the installation to be done. You don't think that that should be the way? Yeah, it is not true. Why is it that the prepaid is not, even the prepaid is not started yet? They have given, UCG have given some people, vengeance, they registered them that they will be selling prepaid cards. So what is the secret within this? What is that? They are doing business. It's the business that they want to do. Did you tell your people not to agree for the installation to happen today? Oh, because, you see, us, they are using the security to threat us, and we are not in the military area. We are in democracy. So if there is no any secret, 
The question is, if there is no any secret, why are they employing security? Why are they employing military to install prepaid? Did the military that came there, military men who came there today, did they force anybody to have a prepaid meter installed on their house? They haven't reached my area yet. So where they are working right now, I even don't know. But it's a threat to the people. By, use, by using military to install meters in people's house, it's a threat. But you haven't heard from the areas where they did the installation? Have they I'm told you that anybody has been assaulted by any military man? I'm trying to contact the chief there and see. But I was given information already that there are there's military people at home. Okay. For people who refuse to have the installation done, do they suffer from the hands of the military? No. For that, I'm not yet having any information yet. I'm now about to call the chief there. But if the people are not happy, but because they are using the security to press them down. But it's not, it's, it's not, but it's not by force, is it? To have electricity. You can decide not to be connected. Yeah, if it is not by force, why are they using the military? In this democratic system that we are having, why are they using the military? And if there is no secret, why are they using the military? Because the issue on the ground that nobody wants to listen to us, people die, people were injured, people became disabled because of this this light issue. Okay, so and for you, for, for so about this. so what should be the solution in your estimation? You should be allowed to continue to tap in illegally. We, we, we want the authorities to stop to stop them this prepaid. So that they calm down. You see, th there should be a proper investigation of why Probos don't want to pay light bill from 2014. There should be a proper investigation. By picking information from Yisijin and left us behind will not solve the problem. We have to listen to the both sides, the citizens, the authorities. Six the years. Eight years. Eight years is, is such a long time for an investigation to continue while you continue to enjoy but, free electricity, yeah, but, don't but, you think? But they are not doing any, any investigation because we haven't seen anything that they are doing investigations. When they get to your house, will you let them install the prepaid meter? If they, no, I, I will not. For me, I will not. Because you, you will not allow them to install? I, I will not. And the only thing they will say that they will take my light off. And that is what they say, that is what the MD, and the, the, the manager, ECG, uh, last week we met with Naskari, that's what he said. If we say we don't want the, we don't want the prepaid, they will take the light off. And that is the only thing they can do. Because they don't want the truth to come out. So they are trying to do something. By installing the prepaid, nobody will follow what went, what went on. So Since if they, they come to your house, you tell them to to disconnect you rather than have the prepaid installed? Disconnect, they should disconnect. I'll find a way to get a light for myself. How are you going to do that? You have a mini dam in your for house that, or a solar one, plant? For that, one, for that one, when it happens, then I will know what to do. Would you connect it when they leave? Oh, why should I connect? I will not do anything legal. Illegal? Illegally. I will not do, I will not do anything illegally because... Can you I survive? Of, I believe in rule of law. Can you survive without the electricity that oh, they provide? About our forefathers, those who live in the villages that light is not there, are they not living? And why? Why is it that they should? Why is it that they should do this? Even even we the Krubus, as a small state, we contribute much 
to the development of the country. So why are we deserving this kind of treatment? Why are we deserving this kind of treatment? Very we well. Are not at, we are not at fault at all. We are not at fault. So, I mean, the, 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 the authorities, are they telling us that if someone is robbing me and I got to know, I should be quiet for the person to continue doing it. We reported this and see what is going on now. So the only thing, as we are using the military to threat the citizens, to press them, they will not say anything. They will be quietly. But I think when we are moving forward, they will know. The management in, in, in the UCG management in the Kroboda should be questioned. Should be hot and accountability. There is something wrong somewhere. And they are trying to cover it. And by installing prepaid, I don't think the secret will come out. Very well. Thank you for speaking to us, Nene. Thank you very much, too. That's Nene Olepeme Sakino Nano, the first who is the chief of Suisi Okwenya and also speaks for the Manya Krobo Divisional Chiefs. He said they haven't got into his area yet. And the news is that ECG has deployed to the community and is installing prepaid meters for people under uh, strict supervision of men from the Ghana Armed Forces. Raymond Eliklim is in Lolonyo. He's an assemblyman uh, for... I, okay, let me just speak to him. Eliklim, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you. You, you are the assemblyman for Lolonyo or for Kwon? I am the assemblyman for Ahonjo in the entire area where Lolonyo is a suburb. Okay, so so in 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 Kwon, um, yes. they, they came to your place today to to install the meters. Yes. What happened in your electoral area? Um, uh, this morning, uh, what I saw. Uh, and had uh, complaint of is that ECB people came in the company of military military men in a as if we are we are we are we are in war to have the prepaid meters installed. If that they were installing these meters within the same enclave and nothing happened. Not even a, an ant speech anybody. So this one I am surprised to see uh, military men in the area with arms and things like that. So I don't know what this is about. Okay. They just brought the soldiers because the last time the ECG people came there, some of your people assaulted them. And so they came with protection. Is that not a reasonable thing to do? I am telling you that my people... Are law abiding people, the people of Pom are law abiding people, and the people of Lua Mania are law abiding people. When we started this thing in Pom, this is you should tell me, because I am hearing from you that they were assaulted. This is you should tell me one person who was assaulted, which was not brought to my, my, my knowledge. Nobody was assaulted within my local area. And that is where they have started the operations. We ask them that since they are operating within the electoral area, the commission met and we decided that we should come with calls of opinion leaders for them. We did them to identify those people so that 
these things will happen. In my dismay, morning, we came with little men, and I, I, my friends couldn't rest throughout the day. What did the armed people do? What was their role in the installation today? They were, I don't know whether they were guarding them, I don't know whether they were protecting them, but the issue is that they are sending certain signals to the people. Uh, people are becoming afraid. Why do you see? Because military people, we don't have military base in there. We don't have military base anywhere in my local area. And I don't see what before military comes out. It means there is war. There is something beyond the reach of the police. And so the meeting that they brought, they brought, I don't know whether it is to intimidate the people for them to have their way. I don't understand. So you just ask the, the issue why they brought the meeting. Okay, but the soldiers did not, you know, harm anybody. They were just providing protection for the ECG staff. So that, that is not really a problem, is it? My point is that why is it that it is soldiers that they have brought? Don't we, can the police handle this issue? And what warranted the, 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 the military or the security to come in the first place? I'm just telling you that nobody was harmed when they started the installation. So I don't understand why, 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 why are you sit here? Did the, did, the, did the military men use force on anybody today? No. What, what I'm saying is whether they have used force or not. No, I just, want to, I just want to be sure. Did they use force on anybody? Whether they use force or not, they have present a new ACC. That's what I'm, 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 so uh, people, some, some are afraid. We don't know why. And some are calling me. Why did I do anything? Why did I do anything? Something I don't know anything about. Did they come to your house? My house is not in... Nolono is a suburb of the Inetra area. I don't reside in Nolono. I don't reside in Belikope. I reside in Ahundo. Okay. So they have not gotten to your area yet? They haven't gotten to my, my house yet. For the people whose houses they came to who are not interested in the prepaid meters, what happened to them? Well, what I'm, I am, I am doing, when they come and they say, you say you are not interested, they disconnect you from the means. And that's fine, right? That's okay. That is to them. No, that's that fine. So that, that's to save our, our, our electricity from being wasted on people who are not willing to pay, no? No, I, that, that statement. Congress never said that they are not willing to pay. No, no, I'm just saying that for today, if they came to your home and you said you are not interested in... Let me just put a question so you understand what I've said. Ever, ever since, ever since, um, ever since... Um, Mr. Mr. Eliklim, so if they came to your house today and they asked you if you were interested in prepaid and you said no, they don't assault you, they just disconnect you and move on. And I'm saying yeah, that, that, that and I'm saying that that's all right. That's what happens everywhere else, no? Not in my house. So so that question I cannot have no issue. When they come to my house, then that one I can I can talk to them. When when they come to your house, will you let them install the prepaid meter or you let them disconnect you? I am for both the government and the people. So what are you going to do tonight? Because it's, we are going to be torn between electricity and darkness. No, that is not They have not been to my house. So when they come to your house, what are you going to do? It is their, their work that they are doing. 
Not that you are, you are interviewing me, you are doing your work, I cannot say, I, I won't oblige. So, you are they are doing, they should be good. Fantastic. So, when they come to your house and they offer you a prepaid meter to be installed on your house, on your building, would you let them? I already made you aware that Kobos are law abiding people. So, you, so you would accept the installation? Kobos are law abiding people. But for what had happened, which we are not trying to address, that is the problem. Raymond, Eli Plim. Um, I think you are ever not Krobo. Are you going to accept? I am. I am. I am not a Krobo by birth, but I am a Krobo by. I, I know. I know. I'm just. I'm, I'm just saying. Okay. So, are you going to let them install the prepaid meter on your building today when they come, or you tell them to disconnect it? That you realize that I have risen to become an assembly member for the area. I'm sorry. I'm. I'm sorry. I'm not contesting your your originality from the community. I'm just saying that based on your name. Don't worry. It's not. That's actually inconsequential. The question is: Would you have them? Would you let them install or not? I'm telling you that I am a law-abiding citizen. As Kobos are also law-abiding citizens. So, so you let them install it? I am a law-abiding citizen. Jago, thank you so much for speaking to us. That's Raymond Eliklim. He's the assemblyman for Ahunjo Electoral Area uh, and Akpon in the uh, Lower Manya municipality of the Eastern Region. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. The operation has been ongoing the whole of today. Um, our correspondent, Neoni Amate Kanaku, has also gone to the Krobo land to observe things. He's our correspondent. He's joined us on the line. Um, Neil, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, how was the installation exercise conducted from your perspective as a journalist who was following the team? Yeah, thank you very much, uh, Sandra. Uh, it's been smooth uh, throughout uh, uh, the day. Now, for the area we visited, uh, that is the Lolonyo area uh, in the phone, very close to phone. Uh, when the team uh, moved to the area with the ECG officials, they first go to the house and then uh, explain the modality. Now, uh, they will ask you, are you connected to the prepaid? If you are not connected, they tell you that they are giving it to you for free. So uh, if you accept and then uh, it's fixed for you, uh, if you decline, then they take you off the, the national grid. So that has been the exercise. Uh, everything, uh, we've not had any resistance from uh, the people. But a session of people that I spoke to indicated that uh, had it not been for the presence of the military, uh, like they would try their possible best to resist the installation uh, of the prepaid meters uh, in the area. Now, uh, others who are, are also of the opinion that uh, they, they want the ECG to have a more collaborative stakeholder engagement with them, they would want to understand uh, uh, the details of the prepaid metering system. Now, some chiefs who uh, I also interviewed also indicated that they accept the prepaid uh, meter system, but they want the ECG to first set up a vending point uh, in the area so that uh, when uh, they run out of uh, 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 the, the unit that is uh, late in the night, people can just walk uh, at a short distance to a short distance and then get for themselves uh, these uh, units. Uh, so that has been the situation on the ground. Other chiefs also have also raised uh, issues uh, that the ACG is trying to hide something. That is why they are uh, moving the agenda of fixing prepaid uh, meters in the area. But generally, uh, the operation has been very smooth since we started in the morning. Standard. Thank you so much for, for speaking to us. As our correspondent in the Eastern Region, Leoni Amate Kanako, has gone to uh, Somanya Lolonyo and Pond to observe the installation of the ECG prepared meters today. We'll be speaking to the ECG itself uh, when we come back. Please stay.
Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3, Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973, and Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973 with the hashtag Eyewitness News. Welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF, and we're broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra. One of the big stories we're looking at tonight is that the ECG has deployed to Krobo land and is forcing the residents, well, I'm using force advisedly, but urging residents to accept the prepaid meters that it is seeking to install. For people who are not interested in that installation, they are disconnected from the national grid. For people who agree, they are connected, and we are told this was done under the supervision, strict supervision of soldiers. Sechua Mensa is uh, the PRO for the ECG Tema region. He, she joins us on the line. Uh, Madam, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Um, what was the idea behind what you did today? Thank you very much, Sandra, and good evening. Um, between the ECG and the Ghana military, we have had a long-standing collaboration for over 20 years. Um, you know, the ECG has a training school in Tema. We provide training, refresher programs on um, electrical, various aspects of electrical engineering with um, particular interest in electricity provision. So um, we've had this long-standing relationship with the Ghana military. Um, every now and then we have some personnel who come over for various um, 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 training needs and refresher programs. The last of which we did in recent times was in February 2022. We even had some news coverage on it. So this, as working with the military or as um, providing some sort of service to the military is not new where our works are concerned. Um, the military personnel on the field in Cobalt today are from the 49th Field Engineers Regiment now pay our understanding. This is a unit of the Ghana military that has electrical engineers, mechanical engineers, civil engineers, and all sorts of engineers uh, are, are part of this unit. Now, the people, the personnel, the military personnel who are who have been with us on the field are strictly um, military personnel who are also electrical engineers. Um, we are doing this as collaborative efforts and as part of practical um, training that has been ongoing for, for, for a long time. This has existed for well over two decades. So um, we happen to have this situation and we needed to beef up our personnel for the meter installation. Um, since the last week of April 2022, we have been using our contractors. And from that time till now, well over two months, We've managed to install 250 meters, which per ECG work schedule and per how we operate and how we deploy prepaid meters, this is woefully very, very, very low. So we needed to beef up our numbers. We needed to beef up our resources, our logistics, and increase the numbers so we can deploy more. So we also have, in addition, 90 of our electrical engineers who have been called from across our operational areas. So some are coming in from uh, Ashanti's strategic business unit. Some are coming from the Western region, Central region, Volta region, Greater Accra region, and Eastern region. 
to help in the in the in the installation and the deployment of the prepaid meters. We have 90 of these staff. We have 50 of the military electrical engineers from the 49 field engineers regiment. We also have our contractors who are uh, who have been working on the deployment of prepaid meters in in a lot of ECG um, jurisdictions. So um, we needed to beef up the numbers. We needed to 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 get more. Um, meters deployed, more meters installed. Okay, so you you had to go there with soldiers. Is that what you do in every community where you install prepaid meters? No, Sandra. This happens to be the first. This happens to be the first. You we went there to scare the people of Kroboland. That's what the chief has said. Um, it was intimidating to see the soldiers on the grounds heavily armed. That Sandra, was scary. It would be very intimidating as well for public officials of the electricity company of Ghana to go to Kroboland um, to do their normal routine work, to do normal community education, customer education on prepaid meters, and to have some people in the area threaten them and I'm talking about barely two weeks ago. I was personally part of such a meeting. We had people who were coming at us. We had police officers, and they did so well to prevent chaotic scenes. Before that, we've had instances where some of our personnel are going about their normal duties. They have been attacked. Is it okay for public officials to go out to work and get threatened and get attacked? Is that okay? Would it be okay for the public um, company to sort of take pre 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 um, how do I say precautionary um, precautionary measures to protect life and property. Our office in Koboland in 2017 it was damaged. Our office was damaged so much so that for three months we had to shut down operations. Recently, 2021, last year November, there was another demonstration. Our officers who work in our Kobo districts, they got so scared that they, they made serious appeals to our management. So now we had to shut down the office and relocate to Joapo. It is not okay for public officials to feel threatened in their line of duty, is it? So those who had their power disconnected today, um, what are the chances that tonight when you leave, they are not going to... Um, connect again because you're not going to leave the soldiers standing by the electricity poles would you no we wouldn't and uh, ecg um in your in your intro you mentioned that um we are forcing the customers to take the prepaid meters no we are not um you live in a, i'm sure you live in a place where we've deployed prepaid meters you know people who use prepaid meters and oftentimes we'll run our adverts on the radio and the newspapers would cause all these announcements. Um, in some instances, we do community engagement, but there would be times that you would go to work, you know this is the type of meter you are using, you come back from work and you'll be told that, oh, the ECG people have come to change it. We have never had the cause to use um, to use the security agency. We haven't had the cause. Okay, now, so my, my question is that... To, to, okay, so, not so, anybody, I, okay, I'll, I'll I, get to the disconnection. I, I'll I get to the disconnection. Yes. Stand up, please, I'll get to the disconnection. We are not forcing anybody to accept the prepaid meters. However, if you decide not to accept the prepaid meters, and again, some of them have been telling us, and they've constantly been telling us that we should pack and get out of Kobol and they don't want to work with ECG anymore. Some still want the supply. 
So we are saying that if you don't want to get the prepaid meters, it's technology. Things are, are, are advancing. Things are changing. So if you don't want the prepaid um, meters, which the company has been using for well over two decades, well, that's fine. But it means that you also don't want the company to supply you with electricity. So then we'll disconnect. Now, per ETG's policies and regulations and per our operations, if we disconnect you for whatever reason and the customer on your own decides to reconnect, we take it as illegal connection. And illegal connection is deemed as selling. So you'll be taken through the, the, the law, the court processes and all of that. It will be between you and the judge deciding your fate. There are times you are given um, a prison sentence. Some are given a fine. Some are unfortunately given both a prison sentence and a fine. So if we disconnect and you decide to reconnect on your own, we'll take we'll take we'll take you through the laid down um, procedures that the company has and as has been sanctioned by the Public Utilities Regulatory Commission, where illegalities are concerned. Very well. How many were you able to connect today, and how many were you able to disconnect? So um, I was on the field till about um, 3 p.m. Um, I am here to talk to the supervisors. I haven't gotten that feedback yet, but we're hoping to deploy um, roughly about 50 or 70 meters today. We are hoping that by from tomorrow we'll be able to install 300, 400, 500 per day. But for today being the first day, we picked um, um, a smaller sample to, to, to do the installation. We have had resistance. So there was a time, I think the same two weeks ago, one of our, um, our contractors, he had installed six of the meters and he had the police on site helping him all right. But before we realized, a lot of the people were amassing, they were gathering and they were threatening him. And some were holding stones, some were holding sticks. It was quite chaotic. Okay. Now, in such instances, obviously, you would, you, would, you would consider and safeguard life and property. So Very we well. ended up having to remove all the meters that had been installed no and problem. take it back to our office. So, how, long, um, how long is this exercise going to be for? Are, um, you, are you ending it today or you continue tomorrow through the week? It's, 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 it's for at least between six weeks and eight weeks. It could get an extension. So for the next we eight weeks, to... we are going to be seeing armed soldiers in Krobo land, in the upper Lower Manya and uh, maybe Yellow Krobo areas. And I believe you have, you, have, you have gone to the Burma camp a number of times. You've seen a whole lot of military personnel at a go. Seeing people in uniform doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to attack you, does it? Thank you. Have a good night. Thank you, Sandra. That's a Mensa. She's ECGPRO for Tema Region. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTF. And we'll come back. Uh, we have some more stories to share with you. Please stay. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. You're welcome back to Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. Let's go to the Ashanti Region now. Eno? So the Ashanti Regional Security Council says it has begun investigations into the disturbances at the Islamic Senior High School and insists such an incident must not repeat itself. Chairman of the council, who's also the Ashanti Regional Minister, Simon Osei Mensah, has described as avoidable Monday's disturbances at the school if the request for a speed ramp by students was granted long ago. He, however, says such a request has not come to his attention. So far, you know, most of the things we heard were on radio or within the media uh, landscape. Uh, yesterday, because the security people were all around, I decided just I will come today. 
after the security people are done with their work and then we will follow up, come and see the situation on the ground and take the remedial measures. Uh, to be sincere with you, the issue of the construction of the ramps came to me just yesterday. That was only yesterday I heard and even I heard it on the airwaves. Uh, no letter has come to us. We are not going to waste too much time following up where they send the letters to. But now that the issue has come to the public domain, we are going to discuss with the airman rules to make sure that the airman rules will come and do the need for it so that we raise the needed uh, road ramps to prevent further accidents in this area. It's unfortunate this was avoidable. We could have avoided it if the communication had gone on right so that we could have erected these ramps. But we thank God, ultimately, that nobody lost their life. It's unfortunate that some of them had to be admitted at the hospitals and some over, overnight. You realize when we came in, we came with the last but one group. The final group is on its way to the school so that we have all of them discharged. Uh, we pray that this thing should not never happen to any school. And I urge every institution, whenever they have problems, if they get in touch with some organization and departments, and you are not getting the results, they can come to my office and report. And we will deal with the major stakeholders and make sure that the problems are resolved. As the chairman of the security council, what do you make of the action of the police? Uh, it's too early for me to comment. We are now taking reports from the regional director of education and the regional police commander. And when we get the report, the regional security council will analyze the report. That's the Ashanti Regional Minister, Simon Ose Mensa. Let's speak to Reverend Tim Fojo. He's Member of Parliament for Asin South and Deputy Minister for Education. He was also in the school yesterday. Reverend, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. From the policy perspective, which is where you are, um, what is the outcome or what did you come up with after having gone to the school and engaging with the officials there? Yeah, thank you, Maru. Um, yesterday's incident was one that demanded the urgent attention of the ministry. So Minister for Education, Dr. Alfredichum, uh, delegated myself and the team to immediately pay a visit. So we visited the school. We held some high-level discussions with all the relevant authorities to ensure that uh, we address certain very important matters and ensure that calm was restored. So um, subsequent to that, we visited the hospital, every um, hospital where the learners, some of the students had been admitted, we um, visited them. Indeed, they were all in very good condition. Even as of yesterday, 22 of them were discharged in our presence. We took them back to campus. Today, as we speak, uh, my understanding and the report reaching me indicates that the remaining 16 have also been discharged, except for one that was spending some x-ray and further examination. So uh, we went to convey assurances to the school. We were met with massive enthusiasm and cheers from the students. Uh, we put in place measures that ensure that calm was restored and learning, academic work, full academic work, teaching and learning also began this morning. I went there again this morning to ensure that all the measures were followed. And indeed, it was exciting time. If you were not told that such an incident occurred yesterday, it will even be hard to believe. The students psychologically, physically, mentally are very fit and in high spirit, but we still have deployed um, our, our support services, the psychosocial support that needs to be 
further um, delivered are also in session. So uh, this far, we've been able to calm the situation to restore academic work to normalcy. On the uh, on on the side, we've also looked into the matters and the demands that uh, underpinned this incident, which had been the demand for um, speed ramps to be constructed or mounted along the road that leads to the school. Um, we have we have put in place a temporary uh, measure in conjunction with uh, with uh, with Urban Rule, the regional minister, the mayor of Kumase, with the support of IGP. That has also been put in place as a stopgap measure. Some um, safety ropes have been put on the roads to control traffic whilst waiting for uh, very urgent um, um, construction of the nursery safety features to be done on the road. So the situation at Islamic SHS is one that is very calm now. Islamic SHS is one of the um, the largest and one of the most important institutions we have in this country. And therefore, uh, the, all the nursery measures have been put in place to mm. safeguard okay. the security and safety of teachers and students. Based on your interaction with the school authorities, do you know if this uh, demonstration by the students was sanctioned by the school authorities or was done spontaneously by the students? We are still pending. We are still um, looking into the detail of the investigation. Uh, we wouldn't want to preempt some of those indications. Uh, we are waiting. GES has commissioned an inquiry into this matter, and it is uh, 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 it is an inquiry that we are all very much keen and following. And so there are a lot of lessons that definitely we'll have to pick from this and some measures and recommendations going forward that will have to be instituted. Therefore, we eagerly wait for the full report um, after which we will discuss in detail. Um, but in the meantime, be assured that every matter that needs to be investigated or be unraveled or any corrective measure that needs to be put in place for the on the premise that we want to avoid recurrence of a similar um, uh, phenomenon on that same campus and to even avoid uh, any such similar incident from occurring in any of our over 846 SHS and TVET institutions across the country. We are interested in the outcome of this report. Very well. Thank you so much for speaking to us. Thank you very much. That's Reverend uh, Ntim Fojo. He's a Sin South Member of Parliament and Deputy Minister for education. This is Eyewitness News on 97.3 CTFM. We are broadcasting from Adabraka in Accra around Ghana. We are on citynewsroom.com. Let me bring some of the reactions that you have been sending to us uh, through our WhatsApp platform. Uh, this one from Joe in Akosombo. He says, is a woman telling us that ECG has no electricians anymore, that they have to now depend on military electricians? Uh, Peter Dell from uh, Peter Dell Senior uh, from Akosomo says, the residents of Somalia and Odumasi and the environs should abide by the new directive. They must cooperate with co cooperate with the ECG and do the needful. Please, global people, this is not a fight or war. Just do the needful. Um, you can also send your message. Let's go to the, or remain in the Ashanti region. Last week, we brought you a story where assembly members, over 20 of them, voted with an intent to impeach their DCE. Yeah, done. So that's Busumi Freon. We spoke to one of the assembly members and uh, we contacted the DCE who denied to speak to us on the record. 
yesterday there was a petition that came out, which is a petition by uh, 10 assembly members out of the 30 assembly members who seem to be on the side of the DCE. Now, today we have received an interview that was conducted on Obwasi TV, um, I should think, and this has to do with the DCE for Bosumi Frehun Yaodan. So, he has seemed to be responding, or he's been responding to these assembly members. Let me speak to one of the assembly members and ask them what they make of this response. Uh, Samuel Champon, uh, Assemblyman for Adesu Electoral Area, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Thank you very much. Um, the, the point of correction, I, I represent the good people of Adeito, 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 Adeito. Okay, you are saying that your DC should not be removed. Why? Yeah, thank you very much. And good evening to your, your viewers and your listeners. Um, we do not have any legislative reason why our Honorable Deputy Executive should be removed from office. When I when we look at the, the number of projects and some besides such policies, then um, uh, we don't have any reason at all to turn on and to base on to make an argument that Honorable Yadanso, the deputy executive of the board, to be removed from office. You don't have a reason. Let me speak to the people who think they have a reason. Uh, for wanting your DC removed, they are actually your colleagues. So please stay on the line for me. Uh, Boachi de Graft Maxwell is assembly mom for um, Montuo Electoral Area. Um, Boachi, you're welcome to Eyewitness News. Uh, thank you very much, boss. Last week when we spoke, uh, you said that it was difficult engaging with your DCE. You have had not had a meeting uh, throughout this year. Tonight, we have seen an interview, and I'm going to just play that so that you respond to it. Your DC has spoken. Listen to what he said to the journalist who called him up. So that's your your DC, isn't it, um, Mr. DeGraff Maxwell? That is his voice I heard. Yes, so that's the answer he has given to you, and he has told the journalist to tell you. Um, have you made peace with him since the last time we spoke? Thank you very much. Uh, let me use this opportunity to extend my warm greetings to your listeners. Uh, let me let me commend you on the good job you're doing for Matagana, uh, Uncle. Um, you could you could hear the utterances, the response coming from um, a government official. Uh, this is this is so appalling. It's, it's, it's a shame to even the entire Bosnia home district. Uh, we we don't think this should be the response that uh, a DC should give in response to uh, um, a media interview. This is how. And who he is. Ever since we we invited him to the PLCC, uh, for which he he issued an excuse duty that he was ill and that he cannot attend, he's been on radio uh, changing his statement from tiny memorial that um, he is not he's not actually ill. But then he says that he couldn't attend the meeting because the invite didn't contain the complaints 
to which he should come and answer. But the question that we are asking is that if you are invited to even the police, I'm not sure you'll be spelled out every complaint as to why they, they, they arrest unless you appear before the, 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 the police. So at least we, we wanted to give him a fair hearing. The, um, the dictate of the, the, the Local Government Act 936 stipulates that if we want to have him off by the vote of no confidence, we can write a resolution seconded by two-thirds or one-third of the assembly. Then we push it to the presiding member, upon which there will be a special meeting called. Then the vote of no confidence, that motion will be tabled and passed. We had, we had that to do, but we wanted to give him a fair hearing. And that is why we petitioned the, the presiding member with our complaint and wanting him to appear. Then we could have him heard before we proceed with the other uh, processes. Okay. But then he, uh, he, he couldn't come. Okay. Mr. Maxwell, your colleague uh, for a day two is on the other line. He said he hasn't seen a reason why your DC should be removed. You are the guys who are asking for him to be removed. I'm going to dispatch you now, but... In 30 seconds, give him three reasons why you think your DC should be removed. Thank you very much, and uh, greetings to my, 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 my colleague. We think that the DC has, one, caused factions among the assembly members in the Bosmith Reform District. That is why even you, you, are, you are seeing some. Some are at the other side, and the others are the other side. And this is what we think it cannot help to develop the area. Two, he doesn't even respond to the traditional rulers and the traditional councils they are caused. Whenever they call him to come for uh, to come for a discuss, it is so uh, that I, a traditional council has granted a press conference on Sunday, asking that the president should should remove move him from office. The third reason that we can give is that technocrats at the assembly, most of them, about forty percent of them, through his relationship, his sad relationship or bad relationship with the technocrats, they have taken uh, re release out of the office. Some of the offices are managed are, are managed by uh, not coordinators. Okay. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Please be on the line. Um, Samuel Achampon, right. you've heard your colleague outline one of the few reasons, or many reasons, rather, or some of the few reasons. No, what am I even saying? A few of the many reasons for which your DC should be removed. What do you say yes. to that? He is, he is really um, miseducating the public. It is to everyone. Um, um, let me put it on record. One, you are saying that. You summoned the Honorable District Chief Executive to appear before PLCT, of which you are aware that per the stipulations of our standing orders, that is Act 2016, Act 936, Local Government Act, it stipulates categorically clear that if you are calling someone to appear before PLCT, the allegation you are levering against the person should be spelled out. So when he is appearing, what, what, what particular allegations are you expecting the Honorable District of Executive to come and respond to? And also, you have to also categorically state whoever is behind the summoning of, of, of that particular person to, to appear before PLCC. So the, 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 the presiding member aired in his invite, he, according to the, the um, Section 17 Clause and um, uh, Subsection 5, it tells out categorically clear who conveys meetings. You are on air telling people that the district is executive party invite people for meetings. Who 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 who, 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 told, who told you that? It is the responsibility of the presiding member to organize meetings. You are telling me that the, the, the traditional authorities do not um, 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 
Um, uh, the Honorable Deputy Executive do not respond to the calls of the traditional authorities, which is absolutely false. Okay. The question is now the is, um, you've heard the soundbite I just played of your DCE. Yes, my, my and, father. And my father. your father, okay. Father. Okay. The, the video should be full. We, we have to listen to the whole interview answered by the Honorable Deputy Executive. Is, the, is, the it, is there anything else, else he said in there that is not captured by the, what I played? That that is the content of the full video. We are pleading that we should we should be provided with a full video which will depict actually what the, the district executive is talking about. But it is true that he said they should tell the people of Bosumi Frenu that he's dead. That is the reason why I'm telling you that wherever you got that video, let's try our possible best to make sure that we get the full video, the full content of what um, Honorable Deputy Executive said. Because you can't take a portion of a video or, or a portion of a conversation and make an allegation on that on that particular effect. Okay. Are you getting my point? No problem. So what we are the the, group, the that group that issued the statement or is demanding the removal of the DC, uh, there are more than 20. You are just 10. If it and comes to it, you are going to lose the vote and your DC will be removed. Let me clarify something. Let me clarify something. You see, initially, they were saying that their numbers are 20. I believe you heard of it, right? Yes, he told me 22. One is no more, so they are 21. Both of no confidence left form they signed, they were 22. And now they have gone to revise it to 21. Do you know the reason? We are pushing for a fact that the chairman of the PRCC who has signed, who has already signed to the vote of no confidence letter should be excused from the, uh, from the, from the No problem, but that, 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 Hold, let me let me also let me also. We don't have a lot of time, so I, I really want you to quickly finish that. You have a lot of uh, a lot of time to build a point. So why don't you allow me to also place my? I, I have actually given you a very fair enough time. So if you could kindly wind up in thirty seconds, I'll be grateful. There were a lot of people who signed on the vote of uh, the no confidence letter. That has also all, uh, has uh, let me say, a membership on the PLCC. If we are going to allow the PLCC to take section, then those people should excuse themselves. And a different set of people should come and take over and see, see how the No problem. Come. Do you have the numbers to challenge their vote? Yes. Okay. Their number, That's fine. Their number, their number is not accurate. What is, what is their number? What's their number now? The initial number they brought. No, the, the current number. What's their current number? The, the, the number, their number is now 17. And your number is what? I them. And I your number, them. and your number, somewhere is what? We are 16. And they are 17. Uh, okay, so, have a good evening. That's Samuel Champon, his assemblyman for a day two electoral area. Um, earlier, you had Boachi de Graft Maxwell, assemblyman for Mronto electoral area. Both of them uh, represent people in the Bosumi Frau district of the Ashanti region. This is Eyewitness News. We'll be back. Please stay. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Get the details. Every significant financial transaction, every market movement, and all the policies that affect your business. City Business News. Be informed. Time now for City Business News on Eyewitness News, powered by citybusinessnews.com. My name is Nettie Nettie. Let's settle for the details. 
President Akufuado has tagged the management of the newly launched Development Bank Ghana to ensure it puts in place measures to ease the constraints of long-term financing for entrepreneurs in the country to propel economic growth, create jobs and expand the domestic revenue base. Speaking at the launch of the much-awaited Development Bank Ghana, he assured the management of no government interference. Government expects Development Bank Ghana to use a strong financial position to support the growth of private sector companies to help create high-quality jobs and enable Ghana's private sector to compete more favorably within the framework of the African Continental Free Trade Area. The board has been tasked to scale up the bank's resource envelope so as to drive the country's economic transformation agenda and entrench the institution's international pedigree. I want to assure the board of the bank that government will not interfere in its decision-making process so as to guarantee its independence of operation and enable it to work professionally and efficiently in the larger interest of its overarching objective of helping drive private sector-led growth of our national economy. This portends bright prospects for Ghana's future. That was President Akufuado, Minister of Finance, Ken Ufuriata, also tags the board of the bank to manage its affairs prudently and work hard towards getting an international rating for the entity within the shortest possible time. EBG is designed to be financially sustainable. Total available resources for the bank, both equity and debt, is currently about $750 million. Our equity commitment is $250 million as a government of Ghana, out of which $200 million has been paid. While the German government, through KFW, has given DBG a subordinated debt of 46.5 million euros and an additional 3 million euros grant for technical assistance. World Bank and EIB have given the bank $225 million and 170 million euros respectively. AFD has also given the government 40 million grant which we passed on as equity to the bank. It is our firm expectation DBG will manage its affairs prudently that soon to be able to go to the market both domestic and international to raise its own funds in the basis of its financial. This therefore requires the board and management to work hard toward getting an international rating for the bank within the shortest possible time. That was the Minister of Finance, Ken Furiata. Despite recent improvements in key areas like education, health, agriculture and entertainment as a result of the advancement in technology, the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications says more needs to be done by relevant stakeholders to ensure all facets of the Ghanaian life are enhanced significantly by new technology. According to the World Economic Forum, access to technology in Ghana and the rest of Africa must be linked to the socio-economic welfare of its people. Speaking at the 20th Knowledge Forum of the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications, the Chamber CEO, Dr. Engineer Kenneth Ashigbe, noted that the key sectors like education, health, agriculture and entertainment will not be the only ones to get maximum returns if they fail to leverage technology. 
If currently you have all this IOTs, AI that is being used to ensure that you are even able to tell what the acidity of the soil is at any particular time and how much in milliliters of water that you're supposed to give, you're able to tell what the temperature of the cow is so that you know at what point to actually milk for the kind of cheese that you want. But our a Greek policy is investing in cutlasses and hoes. Then you find out that you might be developing in technology, but that will not be going that further. If with all the things that COVID has taught us with education and the way we are able to remote learn, the way we are able to learn with the limited number of teachers that we have, we still would be able to reach out to the children in the villages. And our focus is still on producing paper textbooks then you find out that how are you then able to take advantage of the technology that is coming up. And so for entertainment as well, how ready are uh, uh, the people within the creative space to take advantage of, of all the things, all the insight that you know, big data is able to give them so that when they produce whatever material that they've produced, they are, they are able to maximize their returns. Dr. Engineer Kenneth Ashigbe is the CEO of the Ghana Chamber of Telecommunications. Meanwhile, CEO of the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana, Anthony Morrison, called on technology agents in the country to develop solutions to address pertinent issues in the agricultural sector. Looking at post-harvest loss, where we, we always estimate that um, we have well about 30% post-harvest losses across board, uh, technology can provide a strategic mitigating tool to make sure that we reduce post-harvest losses. Even if you have um, the, the warehouses, how do you mitigate against even spoilage in the warehouses? All because you are using a digital tool to test the moist content of the, um, of the cereal or grain, which will give you a feedback on, on the laptop or the computer whether your grains are in very good uh, temperature conditions or not. So we are quite delivering a number of things, and um, it's rather unfortunate that we are not extending or having that same length of collaboration and partnership with a critical enabler like the telecommunication industry. Anthony Morrison is the CEO of the Chamber of Agribusiness Ghana. Executive Chairman of AB and David Law Firm, David Sudote, is calling for a change in the approach of selling Ghana to attract foreign direct investment. He argues that the country's selling proposition must be reviewed to highlight Ghana's uniqueness, which he believes will be more compelling and attractive for prospective investors. He was speaking during the City Business Forum on the, on the topic, Understanding the Ghana Opportunity. If I were new of this position, I would stop going from country to country driving investments. Why? And I told the Ghana Academy of Arts and Sciences when I addressed them last mm -hmm. week Monday on this, I would team up with other UFIs, other GIPCs, for the want mm -hmm. of a better way, mm -hmm. to drive the investments. And I will explain why. Because after mindshare, the, the most important thing is market. Investors invest as a result of market, not just because they know about you. That is why China has overtaken the U.S. in foreign direct investments, even though it is not a liberal democracy. And we stick to these old things about democracy and stability. Mm -hmm. We all know there hasn't been a coup in this country since December 1981. But what about Zambia? It's never had a coup in the first place. What about Tanzania? What about Kenya? They have not had coups. So when we, prompt, we, we prop up our stability mm -hmm. for lack of coups, we are competing. And when you are a me too in somebody's mind, mm -hmm. 
you don't really count. You ought to be unique in order to count. And the uniqueness, if you are thinking in the framework, will be, hey, three, four, five countries. Nigeria is big enough. Everybody knows Nigeria. So why do I want to compete with Nigeria over Jolof when, when, when Wache and Kelewele is unique to us? You want to be unique, so you think logically. David Ofosudote is executive chairman of AB and David Law Firm. And that's it for City Business News and Eyewitness News. It was powered by your most comprehensive business website, citybusinessnews.com. My name is Natalie Nete. Up next is Point Blank. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. Let your voice be heard on Eyewitness News on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash city97.3. Twitter at twitter.com forward slash city973. And Instagram at instagram.com forward slash city973. With the hashtag Eyewitness News. Eyewitness News. Be there as it happens. This is Prime Blank on Eyewitness News. I am Umar Rusanda Amadou. Tonight on Prime Blank, Ghana's longest serving member of parliament who represented the people of Nadoli Kaleu and Speaker of the House of Parliament, Right Honorable Speaker Alban Sumana Kingsford Bagbin. He's in focus tonight. He gave an address today at the University of Professional Studies, UPSA, a lecture on the Institute to Grow Parliament, How to Sustain Parliament. And that's the conversation we are bringing you tonight. Let's listen to the speaker. I'm a product of this school, and I saw this school from humble beginnings grow up to where we are today. Because I've been in Accra since 1977. Uh, I'm sure we love you or not. <laughs> yes, I'm here to lead you in the discussion of a very important topic, the future of parliament in Ghana's democratic governance. Forgive me, I'm a product of a village, you know, and so I may not be used to some of the sophistry of you, the city dwellers. I'm a village boy. I didn't attend high school, as I was introduced. I attended what they call secondary school. <laughs> yes, where we used to take five years and then two years at the same form. And so my five years was a pioneer at the WA secondary school. And I did the two years safe form in Tamale Secondary School, the University of the North. <laughs> yes. 
And so, if I start by giving you the basic ingredients of the topic, by telling you what the word parliament means, it's not because I am under waiting your knowledge of uh, governance, but it's important sometimes to remind ourselves that the word parliament uh, has its origin in, in, in France, not in the English domain. It's parallel, parallel more, you know, to speak. And that is why you get to know that uh, the, the French sometimes, some years ago, dominated the English. After their hundred years war, you know, they took over the whole of England and they were in charge during the time of Norman French. And so it's from that, you know, the small meeting that ladies were holding and discussing things, the France managed to use their word parler to overpower them, and they started talking parliament, parliament, parliament. And you know when it all started in 1215, when we had the Magna Carta, that is the beginning of, of parliament. But the French themselves don't use the term parliament. They rather decided to go and use what they call Assemblée Nationale. And so that is where all this thing began. But um, whatever name, there were some countries, they call them councils. And uh, in Germany, you know, they call them Bundestag and Bundesrat. Stratified through years of historical uh, kingship. And therefore, you have those who are the aristocrats who are qualified to go into the house called the House of Lords. You know, and then we, the Mogawas, come because we are the commoners. And then the queen is the boss of all of them, because they, the queen or king, and this actually started in the time of uh, King uh, uh, John in, in, in 1215, where the communists have to be good. And so there are different terminologies that are used. And we have Nigeria, they decide to use the House of Representatives. Ghana, we are using the House the Parliament. And the term Parliament is common in the Commonwealth countries. Whatever term is used, there are some distinguishing features of that institution. And usually what you see common about parliament, as they say, a parliament is, is a central institution through which the will of the people is expressed. The will of the people is expressed. Laws are passed and governance is held to account. In all, all the institutions, you must find this as ingredients of that institution. For us, as the group, the United Nations, the 15th of September, as the International Day of Democracy. And in that declaration, the state 
commonwealth. There is no single model of democracy. The same I've just said about our parliament. There's no single model. And that democracy does not belong to any country or region. But at the same time, everybody accepts the imperfections of democracy. Even though for all of us, we see also accept that is the best form of government developed by mankind as of now. I'm doing this as a lecture because how much this voluminous uh, thesis I've written. Uh, my friend and, 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 and uh, learned colleague at the bar, the dean himself, and give a really lengthy lecture at my lesson <laughs> of about 10 something or 40 something pages. I don't have that energy to deliver that <laughs> but I, I'll do my best. What I intend to do is to handle the topic in three broad outlines. So, what I just told you, I guess. Uh, what we say in Ghana, the incumbents. <laughs> but I intend to handle it in three broad outlines. One, the concept of democratic governance and Ghana's model of variant or system. I said there's no system everywhere in the world. Just like our noses, so are the democratic governance from country to country. The second, I will try to tell you where we are now in realizing our dream, our hope, and our aspiration of establishing what the Justice Annan Commission, the National Commission for Democracy, stated, true democracy. That is what they said. They were leading us to assess Reevaluate, restructure, and strengthen state institutions to assist us to establish what they refer to as true democracy in Ghana. And the third is now an attempt to look at the future of parliament in Ghana's democratic governance. Not just end with a way of summation. At the end of this long journey, any participant who lives here with a clear understanding of what I have presented has earned himself a seed. If you live here with a clear impression that you really understood what I said, the, the mark you give yourself is a seed. On the other hand, any participant who lives here with many questions unanswered in his mind has earned a B plus. <laughs> it means that you are listening really, and you may not be sure what you have heard. But finally, it's a four in the quandary or a state of quandary.
has earned himself an A+. <laughs> Me. No, I don't intend to do that. But that is what this whole uh, game is about. You know, the topic, the future of parliament in Ghana's democratic governance. It's just about what I'm going to say. It's very appropriate to commence the journey with the views of some notable democratic leaders, researchers, and writers on democracy. And I'll just give you a tip of the iceberg. Pericles, I don't know how many of you know Pericles and the meaning of Pericles. Uh, you recollect Pericles? He was a great, great general from Athens. And a very well, one of the world renowned leaders, you know, that has been recorded in history. General Pericles. Pericles means surrounded by glory. That's the meaning of the name. He, in those days, he was a very famous man, an orator, but one who just swing the crowd on his side and uh, managed to win to be the president of uh, Athens in those days. And so they described his type of democracy as radical democracy. Said that it was so important, the governance of the country was so important, and you don't give it to any individual or group of people. He wanted everybody to participate in the governance of the country. And so it is not just for the rich to be contesting elections because they can sponsor the, the cost and then they are elected to leave. We wanted everybody to be part, and therefore the poor had to be given money to also participate in public affairs. And because you are talking about the mass governance, and it was also referred to as direct democracy. You all know him, the most famous British Prime Minister of all times. Actually, he was a warmonger, but uh, the British admired him more than any other uh, prime minister. Because in the World War II, he managed to fight, um, according to him, at the beach. Uh, some onslaughts that people thought was not possible. And so he's the, regarded as the best prime minister so far. He referred to democracy as the worst form of governance. Somebody who has tried throughout in democracy ended up saying it's the worst form of governance. Whilst the writer Robert Dahl sees democracy as a political system, one of the characteristics of which is the quality of being completely or almost completely responsive to all its citizens. For us, and I was present there, members of the Interparliamentary Union, uh, which is now acting for the meantime as the World Parliament. A lot of parliaments we meet there annually in uh, Switzerland. 
built on various uh, issues. We organized a similar conference at uh, Botswana in 2009, where at the end of the day, we came out with a resolution. We stated in that resolution that democracy is a universally recognized based on common values shared by people throughout the world, irrespective of cultural, political, social, and economic differences. I'm sure your honors tutor would have talked to you about Larry Diamond, another very great writer. I said democracy is the most widely admired type of political system. But perhaps the most difficult to maintain. Anytime I read this, I remind myself of the American independence when the great leaders met in Pennsylvania for days, struggling as to what type of or system governance they would establish for all the states that were coming together. They locked themselves inside for two days. When they came out finally, the media men rushed to them. They said, so what have you finally decided? They You're listening there to the Speaker of Parliament, Alban Sumana Kingsford Bagwell, deliver that address or lecture rather on strengthening the institution of parliament. Well, that will be it for Eyewitness News tonight. My name is Umaru Sanda Amadou Production by Sixtus Don Ulo, Beverly London, and Zoe Abubedu Ado. We're taking car support from Daniel Squashi. We'll return tomorrow at 1730 GMT. Friends, good night. <laughs>